Breakfast Business with Enterprise Ireland on News Talk. But first, let's have a look at the main business stories in the newspapers and websites, which we will do today in the illustrious company of Michael O'Sullivan, Director and Strategic Advisor at Unio Wealth Management. Good morning, Mike. Joe, good morning. Good morning to you. Uh, I hope you had a lovely week. Uh, you're in the west of France, I believe. I am. So holiday season is, uh, is just beginning here. Yeah. Do, does anybody do any work apart from the restaurants uh, in France uh, in August? It's, uh, you know what, I, I, without getting in too much trouble with my uh, my, my family, um, what, what tends to happen in France is you get from July onwards, people signing off emails saying, uh, wishing you a good summer. So uh, that, that sort of speaks for itself. You saw the meme last week that was going out, the Americans talking about, oh, we got better productivity and higher GDP. And then the French respond with, uh, well, we'll see you at the end of September. Yeah, and actually, French productivity is 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 quite high. Uh, I think they just in the uh, re- recharge the battery. In in <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, can we start with a piece in the Irish Independent from John Mulligan about Amazon? Uh, Joe, this is a it, it's a technical story, but it's quite revealing about uh, our economy and electricity consumption. So, uh, John Mulligan's writing about Amazon, who have received proposals from uh, green energy developers in Ireland. Uh, to supply effectively supply electricity to one of um, uh, their prospective data center uh, projects. Uh, again, very technical story, but uh, if you dig into it, uh, data centers uh, are are a huge part of our uh, our economy uh, and, and our energy consumption. consumption yeah. Exactly. So if you dig into the uh, the CSO, actually, you've got some interesting uh, data on this. Um, so uh, electricity consumption by data centers has gone from five percent. Uh, of total consumption in Ireland in 2015 to close to 20 percent uh, today, uh, and this is this is spurring lots of interesting uh, developments. So, in the property world internationally, uh, you're now getting many property firms setting up data center funds. Uh, you're getting companies like Microsoft, uh, which again is a big player in Ireland, beginning to experiment with data centers. So they've they've done an experiment where they are trying to create undersea uh, data centers because of the, the cooling effect, et cetera. Um, so this is, it has a huge imprint on electricity consumption uh, in Ireland uh, and, and also obviously on the, on the greater economy. Uh, and I think what will probably happen is that this will become more of a, more of a, a public debate, but also the, these data centers uh, will be pushed to find independent sources uh, or greener sources of energy. Yes, indeed. We've, we've watching that. And we'll be talking about the interconnector uh, uh, between Britain and Ireland later on in the programme. Um, stay with the Irish Independent. Charlie Weston has a story about a big mortgage blunder. And this is a difficult story for many people, Joe, because there is a, a book of mortgages, about 32,000 mortgages, uh, that was initially established by Ulster Bank, uh, now owned, having been transferred to AIB. And there, there was a, a miscalculation with the uh, mortgage payments. So some individuals are now having to pay €600 Euros per month extra on their mortgages. So this will be a very contentious story. Uh, and I think we'll, we will hear more about mortgages um, uh, as a source, unfortunately, of economic pain across Ireland, the UK, the US, other economies. Um, the mortgage sector in the UK under stress in the US long term mortgage rates are at a 23 year high. Uh, and then the flip side of this, a very interesting story this week in Italy, if I can just 
uh, oh, yeah, uh, the, sidestep the big, a little bit. The big U-turn. So, so very interesting because the Italian government has been very careful uh, on economic policy. Uh, slipped up this week because they imposed a, a 40% windfall tax um, on the Italian on profits of the Italian banks, uh, effectively because they felt that the Italian banks weren't passing on higher rates to depositors and were therefore uh, profiting from this. Uh, they've had to tweak that policy because the the, the the shares of the banking sector fell by 10%. Uh, but it tells us that inflation, interest rates, mortgages uh, are a big political issue. And, and the Irish banks are interesting here because if you look at the lead table of European banks in terms of their willingness to pass on uh, higher rates to depositors, the Irish banks are right at the bottom of that league table. Yeah, I saw that league table and uh, they're complaining in Germany, but the Germans are mid-table. We are bottom of that table. I, I mean, I was speaking to the chief executives of uh, AIB and uh, to to um, permanent TSB only last week and I put at them to and listen, what's going on? You're, you're really, there's a huge gap between uh, what the interest rate is from the European Central Bank and what it is uh, that you guys are giving depositors. And um, they said they need that gap to keep mortgages from becoming too expensive. So that's what they usually uh, re- respond with. Move on to the London Times, a story about Twitter, now known as X, and the um, new chief executive has given her first major interview. I, I think, Joe, this this story um, is one for the, uh, maybe not the management consultants, but the, the likes of people at the Harvard Business Review, because it's it, it, it was such an iconic brand uh, being taken over, obviously, by Elon Musk. Uh, and I think in the eyes of many people, um, it, it has uh, certainly been changed and, and some will feel... Uh, trashed. Uh, degraded, if I put it more politely than trashed. Um, so the interview is with uh, Linda, Linda uh, Yaccarino, this the new chief chief executive, um, who I think is in a, is in a curious place because it seems that the rebranding is being led by Elon Musk, and certainly his his own tweets uh, suggest that. Uh, even though she has tremendous experience in the uh, in the industry, and she's claiming that some of the the headline advertisers like Coke uh, and Visa are now returning to Twitter. And she's beginning to open up the ambition of the company um, to become something like uh, WeChat uh, in China, which is, um, I suppose, an all-conquering app where you get your social media, your content, uh, your pay, your shopping, etc. And your telephony. Um, And your telephony. And your telephony. So beginning to open up the possibility that Twitter... Uh, will begin to offer a whole range of services and I think compete more openly with the likes of Facebook, Amazon and, of course, uh, uh, WeChat. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I saw some of that interview, Mike. I don't know whether you caught any of it. Um, And she was at pains to stress that she is running the company, but that Elon is just dreaming up this new world. And uh, I'm super sceptical, to be honest with you. I have no evidence uh, to support or deny what she said, but I just find it difficult to believe that such a huge personality like Elon Musk would simply let the running of the company go to someone else. But anyway... Uh, Let's move on to the New York Times final story we'll cover today. And uh, the the ruble is a little bit like rubble. It is. And a a, a long story in the New York Times uh, talking about, first of all, the weakness in the the ruble, which is now pushed through uh, the level of 100 rubles per per dollar. 
uh, and effectively claiming that the Russian Central Bank has uh, given up on intervening to buy foreign currency uh, on the on the FX market. Um, I, I think, as a to, to be to be really boring as an economist, I find this a, a very interesting story. There's parallels with with Turkey, uh, and also uh, makes us keep an eye on China because. Uh, you know, war in Ukraine aside, what's been happening in Russia in the last maybe four or five years has been a uh, devaluation, uh, not just of the currency, but of the institutions. Um, you know, this, this the, effectively, it's, we're, we're now seeing the downsides of autocracy. Again, the same thing writ large in Turkey. Um, and in a way, it's reassuring news for democratic countries, because it tells you that uh, the health of an economy in the long run and the health of its currency depends on uh, strong institutions, uh, strong uh, rule of law and international credibility. Uh, and I think also further down the line with Russia in mind specifically, uh, it does point to a, a building economic crisis and a, and a crisis of credibility uh, in Russia. And I think uh, simply having a, a deeper economic relationship with China won't save the the rubles. So I, yeah. I suspect more bad news ahead for Russia on the economic front. All right. Thank you very much, Mike. That's Mike O'Sullivan. You can go back now to your pastis and your sun lounger and uh, that very busy uh, work uh, schedule that you've got lined up in August in France. Uh, Mike O'Sullivan is the founder of Unio Wealth Management and author of the book, The Leveling, What Next for After Globalization. Back at- Breakfast Business with Enterprise Ireland on News Talk.